Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Good morning and welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I'm here this morning with Jared, bright and early in the Sparks home. How are you? We need tag names like radio names for the morning. Oh, hold on. Let me yell. We need tag names like radio names in the morning. You just sounded like a radio DJ early in the morning driving to work. Yeah. I'm, I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. Cold and icy on Route 57 this morning. Look out for traffic. <laughs> oh, anyway, no, it's fine. So. <laughs> okay, so this morning, uh, do you have an icebreaker you'd like to do? What have you been reading? Let's do that. You're um, always reading good things. I have been reading Robert Bly's Iron John. and I didn't know that. When did you start that? I started that a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. A week ago. You haven't told me about this one. I've also been reading a war history book on World War II, and hmm. that's been interesting as well. You I actually, finished? I'm doing... Oh, sorry. I'm doing something a little different. I'm reading like four books right now at once rather than just one book. I have a lot of books book. going on right now too, yeah. but I'm enjoying them. Mm-hmm. You finished Endurance. I mentioned that on the mm-hmm. podcast a couple weeks ago. Yes. Did you like it? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. No, it was... It. It's like a It's like a movie where there's almost too much action where you need some chill time a little bit <laughs> because the whole book is just full of... I just can't believe that they made it another day, another day, another month, another mm-hmm. month, another six months. And then we watched months. the documentary with the kids on it, which yeah. was really fun. Yeah, that was a lot. It was just really incredible. <clears throat> so that was, I would highly encourage people to read that. Cool. Yeah. I'm reading Little Women right now with the Fruitful and Fearless Book Club, which is so fun. I love that book. I've never read it before, and it's just such a wholesome read. The whole thing, it's like lessons from mother to daughter's. Like, each chapter, you read what the daughters are doing, and at the end of each chapter, the mom comes through with, like, epic parenting moments, and you're like, oh, I want to be like that. Wasn't there there a movie about that, like, in the 90s or early 2000s? Oh, yeah, there's been lots of Little Women movies Movies. made. Yeah, we should watch one when it's over, or when I'm done reading it. I think I had to when I was a kid, because my mom and sisters wanted to watch it, and I can can remember thinking, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) Wasn't your style. (laughs) Um, I'm also reading Learning Contentment again, and every time it just ministers to me so much. I love that. Um, and then I just started Awakening Wonder by Sally Clarkson. Oh, yeah. And you said you enjoy it so far. I'm one chapter in, but I liked that one chapter. Good. Yeah. That's cool. That was a good icebreaker. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you don't think we have many edits on the front end? No. Okay. No edits. I'll, I'll leave some <laughs> of that. Oh, I told Jared before we started, I'm going to try to do this so you don't... Jared edits all the podcasts for us, and I said, I'm going to try to do this so that there's no edits for you. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the we went on a really weird... like, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the heck out of this. <laughs> Maybe not. You should just leave it. Everyone will enjoy it. We are here to podcast this morning about work, and this is something that we've been talking about for a few months. We came up with this idea, I think it was Thanksgiving, when we were driving to Kim and Scott's house. We were writing down ideas of what to yeah. talk about. And, yeah. and we were like, oh, this would be a really interesting one to talk about, just because it's something that we have dealt with in our marriage and worked through, and God has helped us through. And I think it is a common pitfall for marriage. And Pastors and wives, more specifically, yeah. today. Today we're actually going to be talking more towards pastors' wives and their families, where most of the time on the podcast, it's it can be applicable to anyone, and I think a lot of the stuff from this episode can be applicable to any 
any wife and mom and um, worker of the home. But I think there will be some stuff that is more applicable to the pastor's family. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how to appreciate and respect your husband's work and not begrudge your own. A lot of times this plays out in families where if your husband has a white-collar job and does more of a mental work, like maybe he's, stud- like for pastors, they're doing a lot of studying, a lot of reading, a lot of work on a computer, a lot of phone calls, a lot of meeting with people. Sometimes it means going to get a meal with someone to discuss something, a lot of counseling. And with that type of work, there's not a lot that you can point to to be like, look what I did today. Yeah. Look at this ditch I dug. Or wall look, that I put up. or Yeah, look at this whatever. beautiful um, floor that I put down in mm-hmm. a house today. Or, you know, not a lot of tangible things that you can touch and point to and feel very accomplished for what you did. Although there is a sense of accomplishment with pastoring, of course, where yeah. you feel it's, it's, thankful for what God did. Yeah. But with housework, it's more of a manual labor job where there's lots of physical work that you're doing where you're cleaning lots of things cooking lots of things taking care of lots of people lifting lots of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) moving lots of stuff it's a lot more of like a physically demanding job than pastoring is yeah so it's easier to point to all the things that you did that day in homemaking but it also can be frustrating because you feel like you've been working all day and then at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day, you're like, but it doesn't look like it. Right. You know? It's one of those, you can have days where you've cleaned three hours and you're like, that, but the house isn't clean somehow. Yeah. Somehow there's, I cleaned three hours and nothing. There's Bakugans clean. everywhere. Somehow there's still Bakugans out. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow the floor is dirty again. Um, so, of course, there are going to be frustrations with that. But it's, it's easy, I think, whenever you're a homemaker and your husband is white collar, to be like, well... I worked super hard today, and you had lunch with someone in red. Yeah. What a beautiful day that looks like for you. As a part of the setup, we were sitting at a conference one time, and there was a guy that was in academia, and he was talking about his wife and how his wife was doing something at home, and it was a a day when the, the kids were young, and the typical good, hard work, working day that a mom does at home. And that day, that particular day, he was dissecting this Greek word all day long. And he comes home, and his wife's like, what do you do today, honey? And he's like, I, I literally looked at a word all day long. I and studied a word. Yeah, there, so there's, there's days where when it comes to that kind of work, it's easy. You know, let's just say in that scenario, the husband comes home, and let's just say that the house does, doesn't look any better than it did when he, when he came home, or somehow it looked worse. It was all put together in an order, and then when he gets home, and... You, you can have this animosity towards one another where you think that you're the one that's working hard and that the other isn't, or the wife is thinking she's the one that's working hard and the other isn't. And instead of giving the, the benefit of the doubt to, the, to both and recognizing that there is hard work to be done unless there is laziness on the wife or laziness on the husband that needs to be corrected. Uh, but more times than not, in the, those kinds of scenarios, the husband and wife are both working very hard. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to recognize and talk about here today. Yeah. 
living in a self-centered society, it skews our view of work instead of doing what the Bible calls us to do by laying down our lives for others. We're told instead that we should raise ourselves up on this altar of me-centered worship, that, Mm -hmm. that we should be valuing our time more than other people's time. We're requiring everyone else else to sacrifice for us. Yeah. It's always like, no, you need to be serving me. You need to be giving me some time. You need to be helping me out instead of saying, nope, I'm going to lay my life down for you. Christ laid his life down for me. I'm going to follow his example and lay my life down for everybody around me and not expect them to be serving me all the time. I'm just going to serve without strings attached. And enjoy it. Yeah, and, and have joy in it. Let's talk about how this affects marriage. Well, I mean, what we don't want to do in marriage is keep a scorecard of who's doing what or who isn't doing something that the other thinks should be done. And so as we have this conversation here back and forth, we want to be gracious with one another. Um, If we're always being like, well, I did X, Y, Z today. What did you do? Why can't you do this? I've been working all day long and you studied a Greek word. If we're always doing that, then that's just an opportunity for the enemy to continually sow disunity and despising each other's work rather than appreciating and loving our own work and just being grateful that our husband's home that evening or whatever. I think we should just be focusing on what we have to be thankful for. And sometimes I, whenever I'm having like a really tiring day, I'll even mentally say to myself, God, thank you for a body that's able to work hard. Yeah. Thank you for hands that are able to do this. Thank you that I have energy to finish this task right now instead of just, ugh wish that I was having lunch with someone right now. Well, and it's weird about work. I see pastors doing this all the time. Generally plays itself out like this. The thought is my work is harder than everybody else's work. There is this weird twist rather than enjoying the work laid in your hands. In pastoral ministry, it's almost like there's a martyr complex where pastors are lonely or pastors are this or pastors that. There's this complaining that goes on. And you look at like the trades or you look at anybody that's out there doing physical manual labor. Everyone's work is very hard. Mm-hmm. This is a, a product of the fall where, where instead of work being an incredibly joyful, thornless mm-hmm. activity, now there are thorns and thistles and challenges. Everyone's work is hard. And the challenges through the spirit, enjoy it. It's not inevitable, in other words, that we have to be thinking all the time that our work is the hardest or something like that. So we really can enjoy the work that God has given us. And that's really what we want to aim at, enjoy yeah. what God's given us. Yeah. We're called to work six days, you shall labor. Mm-hmm. And on the seventh day, you're going to rest. So that means that six days of our life, of our work week are going to be filled with work. And there's no way to get around it. It's great to find hacks and helps and the right tools all that stuff is really valuable but there's no way to get around work being work mm-hmm. and i i think that it's just easy to get slothful honestly and to just think in a lazy way that i just kind of don't want to be doing this work well in routines also there has to be especially with moms there are routines that you know you might be a person that's like i just i want to do something new every single day well you can in your day find something new to do, but you have to recognize that much of our lives are going to be very, there's just going to be a routine. You're going to wake up and do very similar things. My day starts the exact same way every single day. Mm -hmm. And the challenge for everyone is either you're going to despise that or enjoy that. You know, you don't want to be the kind of person who just hates the things that have to be done. This is the work that God's given you and housework, especially it's a game changer when you realize that it is a habit 
and not a task to get finished. This is a very cyclical, repeating job. The laundry is not ever done. There's mm-hmm. more laundry the next day, and praise God for it. Praise God there's people in your home that are wearing those clothes. Mm-hmm. The cooking's not ever done. It's You may get done with that part of it, but it, there's more coming. It's just this is a cycle, and it's repetitive, and you're going to keep doing it, and it's a habit. It's not checked off the list done. This is your life. Find a way to really love what you're doing and be thankful for it. Be aware of verses like Proverbs twenty four thirty four that says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Poverty will come like a robber and want like an armed man. You mentioned the scripture a couple of weeks ago in a sermon. It's important just to know whenever we are desiring to just not do things, that there are consequences for that, mm-hmm. that wisdom tell us, tells us to be working and be taking care of what God's given us, not to just always desire to be having leisure time. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really interesting lesson in Little Women that <laughs> <laughs> that Marmy gives to the girls. So if you haven't read Little Women, it's four sisters, and they decided they're going to have a week of leisure this one week. And, you know, they're going to, like, just read books and enjoy life. And at the end of the week, they've honestly had a terrible week, and it's not been good. And then Marmy, their mom, is like, I think I'm going to have a day off, a day of leisure. And then there's, like, no food cooked. <laughs> the fire is not made. They're uh-huh. cold. And and all this stuff, and this, it's gone terribly. And the lesson at the end of the chapter is, like, we're made for work. But anyways, Marmy tells the girls that work is good for their body and it's good for their minds and that they shouldn't avoid it. Not only is it a detriment to others when you avoid your help and your work that you're giving to the household, but it's also a detriment to yourself that you can easily fall into depression and anxiety when you're sitting around not doing anything. That It's actually very good for human minds to be active and problem-solving and doing things and accomplishing things and being able to look back on our work and be like, that's what I did, and it was a good job today. Um, no matter what it is, if it's cleaning a floor, that was, I cleaned the refrigerator, whatever it is, and that was a good job today. It's good for humans to have that to look at and point to and see what you did, and that makes you feel good. When I was growing up, my dad would always talk about how the lazy man never fixes his roof when it's raining because the excuse, well, it's raining, I can't go out in the rain. And then when it's not raining, his excuse is, well, I don't need to fix it because it's not leaking right now. <laughs> I've been thinking about mowing again because it's we're in January and I know that March is coming. Late March, the grass starts to grow if it's been pretty outside and I know mowing's coming. When it comes to the blades of grass in the early spring, every five days, if you wait a week, it gets pretty long. Every five days to six days, you've got to mow for the first month. It just keeps growing. I mean, you mow it and you think, great, it's done. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and then the next morning, the dandelions are coming up. You can't stop it. Mm-hmm. It just It's just always going to be there. And if you do fold your hands and don't attack it, what ends up happening is in eight days, I'm going to have clumps so big that I'm just going to have to mow over them three or four times. And so you have to do it. You just got to run at yeah. it and get it done. Yeah. And it's like a garage. If you keep ignoring it, it just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like stop ignoring your garage. We Go know. Go organize your garage right we, now. <laughs> we know. Stop this episode. I know. Oh, um, but yeah, work is it's not a thing that you should think, oh, I'm going to get this work done and then never have to do it again. Work is always there for the human, and it's always there for the Christian in a way that we can appreciate and glorify God in it. Christians have this unique take on work that no mm-hmm. one else in the world does because we get to work as an unto the Lord. Yeah. We get to know that our work is In the works that God has prepared for us. Yeah, I mean, we, these these yeah. are what God has given us to do. We know that God has prepared these works 
before the foundation of the earth for us to walk in. And we know that we can work as an unto the Lord. So our work is not in vain, Mm -hmm. even if it's a day that you did all your work and you have nothing to point to. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I worked all day long, but it doesn't look like it. I promise something happened today, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like it. You still can know, I worked as an unto the Lord. God saw my efforts. He receives my sacrifice that I offered Mm -hmm. up to him through Christ. And know that that was meaningful. That Mm -hmm. that was for something. And it was for someone who doesn't forget it. And that is something that we can lean on as we are having days that are very difficult, that we can know that this wasn't pointless, this wasn't meaningless, this was for my good, this is for God's glory, and And I can continue on the next day. All this really is like compounding interest. It builds on one another day in, day out of living what feels like a very routine life of doing the exact same things over and over and over again. What ends up happening is through doing that the way God would have you, one of the ways I explained it in our Monday night groups at church you can put a tomato plant in the backyard and do nothing to it, and it'll grow. Like, there'll be a plant, there'll, there'll be a few tomatoes. But if you'll not season it, <laughs> if you put, but if you'll put fertilizer, put compost around, put compost it. around it, stake if you'll, it up, right, water it, make sure it's watered, make sure it's got appropriate sunlight, then it's going to end up being healthier, stronger, bigger. And when it comes to this kind of these kind of activities we're talking about and, and doing what God has called us to do day in and day out for both the husband and the wife, what ends up happening is you look back and say, man, my goodness, look what God has done through all this and look what God is doing. It feels monotonous. It feels like nothing's getting done or just the exact same things are getting done over and over again. But there's a growing tomato plant that's called my children. There's a growing life Mm -hmm. in Christ in my own life, in my own heart, Mm -hmm. that is richer and fuller and more meaningful than it was last year. Mm -hmm. Because I took the next step. Because I did the the next next thing. thing. Yeah. Small small acts of faithfulness over the long haul Mm -hmm. and adding up to what God is doing. And uh, I think, yeah, it was Rachel Jankovic that just had a really awesome post about this, about being essentially like pulled behind the self-propelled mower. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, it's out of control. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like holding on and doing what I need to be doing and then looking behind you. And instead of seeing crazy knocked down forests, you see a beautiful garden. Mm -hmm. That God is doing something through our faithfulness that feels chaotic at times that God is working through it. And mm-hmm. it's just so comforting because you can have days that you work your butt off and be like, I don't know what happened today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just knowing that God's at work in us and in our families. Yeah. It's really cool. So let's talk about whenever women judge their men's work wrongly mm-hmm. and they try to act like the judge of if they worked hard that day or not, or vice versa, whenever the husband can be unkind judge of the woman's work. Yeah, it goes both ways. So the husband comes home, looks at the house and thinks, my wife has been lazy today. Mm-hmm. Or the husband comes home or maybe even works from home like I do a lot. And the wife thinks, what have you been doing all day? It, what are you doing down there? Yeah, <laughs> right. That kind of thing. So it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So with all that said already, it's important for the husband to have proper judgment about his wife. It's important for the wife to be working hard. And one of the things that you have to keep in mind after you've been working hard all day, husband, and this is for all the guys that may be listening into this, you re- you have to recognize that your wife has been working hard all day long as well. Mm-hmm. And so it could be that your wife is being lazy in particular areas of her life. Well, you do need to encourage her in that and challenge her in that and find ways to be able to talk to her about that. And ladies out there, you know this. If there's pockets of your life that need, need to be repented of because you are being lazy or complainy, then you've got to do that. But specifically, 
one of the things I want to encourage the wives with right now is that God is the ultimate judge of our lives when it comes to this work, and specifically in the context of pastor's wives and pastors. James chapter 3, verse 1 says that God is going to judge pastors more strictly than anyone else in the world. It is the only calling in the world that we're told will be judged with greater strictness. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, brothers, because you know that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. When it comes to the pastor's life and work, God is watching, and certainly that man, that pastor, is justified before the Lord, but God sees that man's life and is the most scrutinous judge in the most just way over that man's life. So one of the things that the pastor's wife needs to understand is that her husband's been called into something that will be judged with greater strictness than anything else in the world. No other calling in the world will be judged like this. If the wife then steps in to become the accuser of her husband wrongly, she just needs to keep in mind that God is the ultimate judge. And so there can be freedom there, I think, in that. And for the pastors listening in, you got to take that seriously. I mean, it's not just your wife. It's not just your congregation that's looking and watching. It's God that's seeing the work that you're doing. And you've got to have a clear conscience before the Lord, knowing that you're doing the work God has called you to do and doing it in a noble manner. Mm -hmm. God calls it noble work. You need to do it in a noble manner and work hard at the calling that God has called you to. But wives have to keep that in mind that they are not the ultimate judge of their husband. God is. Yeah. And wives need to know that God has a strict eye on their husbands, so we need to support them, not being hard on them, but to support them and help them and encourage them and not make it harder. (laughs) Not be an accuser and make it harder, but do everything that we can to make work and life better for them. Yeah, and the, the judging of the man's work, who's a pastor, is not just with the ministry side of things, because as we know, we talked a lot about this, I have on my show, a pastor is qualified primarily by what happens in his home. Mm-hmm. So if a pastor comes home and is like, I just want to be alone, I don't want to be around, I want to, why isn't this step done or whatever, and it comes to be a taskmaster, mm-hmm. that's part of the work that God will be judging him for, mm-hmm. the, the greater strictness. So the man's life at home yeah. is so critical as he comes home, and uh, is, you know, yeah, even if he's right. working at home. Yeah, so let's talk about that um, post that you made on this topic where you said what our life is kind of like, that you come home... And there's a couple hours of the day mm-hmm. that well, we get to work together. And some people hated that. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, more people liked it than hated it, which yeah. was good. Yeah. And this is something that, again, is, is primarily for the man. As we've been talking a lot to the wives, this is fruitful and fearless. So if, if your husband ha- happens to be listening in, it's really important to understand as, as men that our wives are working hard. That they are, you know, as you get home, as you get done with the last meeting, as you get done with the last counseling session or that last page of study that you're doing for your sermon. When you go upstairs or pull in the garage, your wife has been working hard all day long also. So when I get home, I have to understand that that home is a place of work. It's not primarily a place of leisure, although there is leisure that happens there, although there is rest that happens there, although that is the place where recreation flows from. It is a place of work. And so when I come home, I've been working all day, When I get down and go upstairs, my wife has been working all day also. We both have. And so it's an opportunity that I have to share some of that load at home. I see this as a place of work for me as well. So when it comes to, you know, my wife certainly can handle, you can handle all the dishes. You can handle all the food. You can handle, you can handle all that. But it's my joy to come alongside and say, hey, can we do this together? We've been both working hard all day. Can we do this together? Can I help with this or that or whatever? And you're gracious to say, yeah, I mean, you let me. I, I enjoy doing that. And so we have to keep that in mind that 
Wives, if you think your husband's just been hanging out all day, even though he has been spending time with people, but it's not required any mental energy or anything like that, and it's not really been work, then you've got to course correct. You've got to recognize that your husband has been working, and he's been working hard. And for the husband, you have to recognize that your wife has been working. She's been working hard. And then you can be gracious with one another at the, you know, when, when you guys come back together after the workday. I think if there is a time of day that you have started to check out mentally or physically, if you think, okay, from 5 p.m. until the kids go to bed, I just want to do nothing but sit on the couch. Like, if that's your life, and that and that has become strife in your marriage because of that, then you need to change your mental view of mm-hmm. that time of day. Like, okay, yeah. 5 p.m. is not my checkout time. No. 9 p.m. is my checkout time. Like, you need to have that in your mind. Like, okay, at when everything's done for the day, kids are in bed, then I can rest and relax. Not at 5 p.m. And do what you have to do to make that happen. If it means drinking a cup of coffee at 4 Mm-hmm. So that five can be better. Just making that transition in your mind for men or for women, whatever time of day that is that you find yourself being slothful or well, checking out. What's the caricature? Okay. Uh, the wife that's doing things wrongly, the caricature is the husband gets home and she's, do you take these kids that have been having, you yeah. know, kid conversations all day long? It's like, yeah. okay, hold on. That, that's an that's awful wrong. attitude. Yeah. That's terrible for one. And it's assuming that the husband hasn't been working all day. Right. That, that what? What? Tired. You serious? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I can just come home. The guy side of it is, I want to come home and sit on the couch or watch TV or do my my hobby or whatever it may yeah. be I'm away from sit my here, family. You bring me food and tea. Right. That kind of thing. So both. There's there's good work to do the rest of the night as yeah. you're spending time with your family, and that can be some of the richest time mm-hmm. as you look back in your life. Those four hours before yeah. bed. We love our evenings together. I mean, it as a can family. be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, just. An encouragement is don't grow weary in doing good. Work is hard and it's meant to be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can have joy in it. Hard isn't a bad thing. Like right. It's good for us to be challenged and to be stretched and to lay in bed at night with a clear conscience. And don't grow weary in that. Okay, so I think taking a Sabbath is a good way to realistically help work. Refuel. Refuel, yeah, mm-hmm. to be refueled so that work can continue to happen. We've done lots of episodes about preparing for a Sabbath, of things that Lexi and I have done some about just how to not hate Sundays, how to make Sunday actually be a day of rest for you. And a lot of that is preparatory work so that Sundays are peaceful and restful. So laying out the clothes the night before Sunday, making a meal so that you can eat that on Sunday, all the work that you normally do throughout the course of a day, taking the time to do that before so you can actually have a day that is really restful, eating on paper plates, like whatever you have to do. Laundry sitting on the chair after it's there, not folded. (laughs) Yeah, no laundry on Sundays. You're not going to go and clean out your car on Sundays. Although this has happened sometimes that there, there has been a oxen in the ditch (laughs) of the dirty car that has had to be taken care of. But being mindful that you have to have rest, that God wired it into our humanity to have rest so that we can work six days. So if you're not taking a Sabbath, if you're not taking time to be refueled, then don't expect to be able to work really hard to have a good attitude about it Mm -hmm. and to have the energy and appreciation for work. It is harder to obey and work when you've disobeyed and rest. Yeah. If you're obedient and rest, it helps you to be obedient with work. Also, be realistic with what work that you have to do. My tendency is to be more confident in what I think that I can get done in the course of a day than I actually can get done in the course of a day. So I will 
think that I can do nine million things and then at the end of the day be dying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, for me, it's really important to be realistic with, okay, I'm going to do school today. Today's the day I'm going to do laundry and I'm going to cook meals today and maybe I'll add one more thing to the list but not adding four more things to the list because I know that there's going to be a lot of unexpected things that come up and I know that I have a two-year-old right now that's a raccoon and into everything. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of disciplining that needs to happen. There's going to be people that I need to read to. There's going to be people that need extra attention and naps. So anyway, just being realistic with your schedule so that your work can be accomplished without you feeling like completely burnt out and mm-hmm. um, begrudging other people yeah. <laughs> for their work and what they did that day. Schedule out your work. Becky has made cleaning cards that are up on the website that are really helpful. Um, and those just give you tasks to do in each room of the house. But taking those and one day I'm going to do the bathroom. I'm not going to clean the entire house today, but one day I'm going to do the bathroom, the next day I'm going to do the kitchen, the next day I'm going to do kids' rooms, the next day I'm going to do laundry, and the next day I'm going to wash sheets, and just having a schedule, whatever yours looks like, it can be completely different for every household, but having your tasks scheduled out so that you're not overburdened on two days of the week, and then the other few days you're, you know, mm-hmm. muddling around the house, not sure, not really sure that you're accomplishing what you want to accomplish, so being organized and meaningful with what you have to do and taking it seriously. Another thing that's been really encouraging to me lately is just reminding myself that I am not a slave, but I am God's daughter, and that the work that I have to do is not a taskmaster over me, but actually I am in place in this household as a manager to be over the tasks, that it's my job to keep things in order, that I am that I am in charge of what's supposed to happen, and that I'm, I should rule well mm-hmm. in what God's given me to do. Rule well. What do I need to do? Be a good manager of what needs to be done. If you have children, be a good manager of what they need to do that day taking the mental time to plan out and to organize and to have the children organized and what they're doing and what they're helping with and not just letting things be out of hand and being discouraged by it all, Mm -hmm. but ruling well. To not be a victim of the laundry, for instance. Don't feel like I have all this laundry to do and I feel really sorry for myself about it and I really need help. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everybody, by the grace of God, just hear this. Everyone has to work hard. There's no way to get around it run toward it with joy. You cannot get out of hard work and a lot of work. It's impossible. Everyone has to work. Yeah. Slay the dragon. Mm -hmm. Take dominion over the work that you have. Take dominion over the housework. Get a plan in place. Get the tools you need. Get the help you need if you need help and make it happen. And it's important to note, Jordan just said that you are not a slave to tasks, but we are slaves to Jesus. And Jesus is a good master over us. And he's given us good work to do. And so we should walk in that. Yeah. And it's work with eternal significance that we can take heart and be encouraged that our work is meaningful because God has given it to us. I was just going to mention The Joy of Housekeeping by Ella Mae Miller. That was a really encouraging book for me whenever I was in a slump (laughs) with housework and feeling overwhelmed with all the things that I needed to do. And I actually brought you that book. Yes, it was so timely. I think I read that last year or the year before. I can't remember. But um, that I've described it as it feels like a home ec class mixed with a grandma giving you really good advice. So if that's your style, check out The Joy of Housekeeping. 
I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. There's also tons of tips on the Keeping Home page on the Fruitful and Fearless website. As always, it's a um, help to help fund the podcast and encouragement to us whenever you sponsor by being a member on fruitfulandfearless.com. So if you want to check that out, there is the Keeping Home page that Becky McNeely runs, and it has tons of housekeeping tips. And then there's also the book club that I mentioned in the podcast. So check that out if you have time. Thanks for listening.